The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Everybody, welcome to whatever episode this is of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW all things elite. My name is Austin. That's Floyd. Let's just get into this shit. Hey, how's it going, Austin? What's what's up, buddy? Tread, tread, tread lightly, my friend. Uh, please, is, is, is something wrong? I mean, I had the worst Sunday of my life uh, this past weekend, so oh, I yeah? feel like I feel like I feel your pain right now. Well, I mean, do you? What was your? What did your Sunday consist of? It consisted of my team being up twenty-one to three at halftime, and managing to lose the game. You know, yeah, I, I understand that, but you know what? Um, I here's 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 the situation where I'll 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 uh, I'll pull you aside and be like, you know what? You don't really understand my pain because, um, listen, the Chiefs. They got too cute again. They were too busy having Mahomes run 30 yards backwards and trying to make a pass like side-armed and like almost do a backflip trying to do it at the same time. Um, uh, but the team that beat them didn't cheat every step of the way, including nearly choking out one of the players. That never happened. But, you know, with my guy, that did fucking happen. So while yes, both of our guys lost, both of our things that we love so near and dear to us lost, my loss is a little bit more painful than yours. So you know what we should do? We're gonna take this. We usually do the opening and everything. Let's just jump right in to the big news of the week, to the hot news of the week, to what everybody's gonna be talking about. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to All Things Elite on our new day, which we will be releasing on Friday, February 4th. Uh, it's because uh, I felt our takes on uh, Dynamite were stale. They didn't come out until like a few hours before uh, the new Dynamite was coming out. So I wanted fresh takes on Dynamite. So Oh yeah, he wanted the wound to be fucking ripe and real. So he yes. wanted it. He wanted it hot and ready. It's only been a day. I'm still not over it. So we are literally 24, a little over 24 hours since Dynamite from February 2nd ended. This is Thursday night. I am Floyd. That is Austin Sumowitz, and I am going to go on mute because we are not going to do the show in order. We are going to start with the match, the last match of the show. MJ, MJF and CM Punk, I am going to let Austin do all of his thoughts, and then I'm going to come in and throw my stuff in at the end, and then he's going to yell at me. So here we go. 
Okay, so here's here's the situation. Um, of course, this match has been brewing for months. We had the first inkling of interaction with these two guys back in November. And now finally, at the start of February, we are getting the first time ever match between CM Punk versus MJF uh, in Chicago, Illinois, at the Wintrust Arena. Um, Punk, like, if we got into the nitty-gritty of every single spot in the match, like, it'd be a little bit, like, too heavy, and I'm not going to do that to you guys. I'm still going to be nice, even though I'm, I am very annoyed. Um, but from the jump right now, it has to be said this, like, kayfabe or otherwise, this was CM Punk's best match in AEW, bar none. Punk absolutely did outstanding work selling, working, like lasting for like we we just checked it on cagematch.net. I'm pretty sure that match was what like 35 minutes, I'm pretty sure was the total length, close to that. Um and that's minutes and five seconds. 38 minutes and five seconds. So there you go. 38 minutes and some change. And like Punk wasn't gassed. He didn't seem like he was struggling to keep up. The match moved at a great pace. Everyone was engaged at every single moment. Um, it was outstanding work, um, and MJF, the two-bit son-of-a-bitch cheating bastard that he is, was, of course, cheating every step of the way that he could to the point where he he got the win because he literally took his wrist tape off and tried to choke out CM Punk with the tape. He ended up passing out. Bell was rang, but he, like a dumb motherfucker that he is— didn't get rid of the evidence. Good old Bryce Rensburg, love him to death, spotted that and restarted the match, got it back up. Punk was then on the heels of MJF until Wardlow proceeded to come out, and no one really knew what side he was going to go on because, of course, he seemed like he wasn't really in the mood to be playing MJF's games last week when they had the entire pinnacle jump CM Punk and all that situation. Now... They faced off. They were just staring eye to eye. Wardlow eventually moved away. But when they got into the ring and Wardlow kind of put his hand on the ropes, keeping Punk's attention, unbeknownst to everybody, Wardlow had had thrown behind him onto the floor where MJF was standing, where on well, was lying because he was got the shit kicked out of him, um, through the Dynamite Diamond ring. MJF used it, got the win cheated and now he's out here running around saying that he's 2-0 against CM Punk in Chicago when again the motherfucker is a cheating like scumbag like this was the first time we got to see the fucking Pepsi plunge in 17 years that move has not been done by CM Punk I almost cried seeing that move used again because I I was completely stunned. I was like, I can't believe it. And it was used in a way where it wasn't like, oh, he's like we knew it was happening. Like right when they were on the top rope and you saw him hook the arms, you were like, oh, my God. And then he did it, and then it just sat, and it just – the wave flew over you, and you're like, oh, my God. He did the Pepsi plunge. He hasn't done that since the Ring of Honor. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it was fucking outstanding. Um, But what's even – more disrespectful than the fact of MJF winning because he's a cheating son of a bitch and he didn't deserve it. Punk should still be undefeated as we speak right now is the fact that my co-host here is out here celebrating this like it's some big to-do. Like it's something that's supposed to be cheered about and everything like that. Like, 
I'm sorry that your top guy is getting booed by every single fan in every single crowd he goes to. I'm sorry that that seems to hurt your fragile little ego, but you cannot be siding with that mid piece of shit. And I even spoke to Tiffany on this, and she's got the same thought. I don't understand what these people are thinking. It's despicable. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Shout out to Will Ferrell. I am just stunned by this, and I don't want to let him speak. He doesn't deserve to let him. I shouldn't deserve to let him speak on this topic, but because I'm a gracious human being, I will let Floyd talk about CM Punk. But again, my friend, tread lightly. Oh, oh, you know, you know what's hard to beat? You know what's, you know what I thought was hard to do? I thought beating CM Punk in Chicago was hard. So, uh, to quote young Mr. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, the second city, so I beat the bum twice. MJF, MJF in all of his greatness, a pillar of the AEW Knock, knock that shit right the uh, fuck uh, off. Uh, knock that shit uh, off. The pillar not only beat CM Punk in Chicago once, this man beat CM Punk in Chicago twice. Cheated every time. Every time. And also, speaking mean- of which, Wardlow, like we thought y'all, we thought that man was turning a new leaf. We thought Wardlow was actually starting to think for himself all of a sudden. Like, I don't know what kind of money that MJS paying you, because I'm almost certain that he's not paying you enough, but regardless, you still felt the need to be a shithead and ruin one of the best matches in AEW history with something like that. Yes, he did, because you know what? Unfortunately, like, you know, some people signed bad contracts, and unfortunately, Wardlow was a victim of signing a bad contract. You mean like Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, yeah, no, Patrick Mahomes signed a great contract. He made $500 million, so it's a great contract for him. It's not a great contract for the Chiefs, it seems like. They've still only won that one Super Bowl. Dude, you know what? <laughs> it, it, call me when Detroit gets to one. No, that's low-hanging fruit, and you know it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. You would pay to Detroit. The fans would pony up $500 million just to get in the NFC. You know the Ford family would never issue out that kind of money. I, I, you know that's a I non-starter. I said the fans. I, the fans would do a GoFundMe if you thought $500 million would get you to NFC Championship appearance. Yeah, and the fans would also take the Ford family and place them on spikes outside of Ford Field, but that's not happening either. But we have the lovely Hunt family who makes great decisions and has gotten my team to what? What? Two Super Bowls. Been to two Super Bowls. I will take that. If I die and the Chiefs only get that one Super Bowl, I am happy because I know what it feels like to go to the mountaintop, something the Detroit Lions probably will never feel. Again, so, I'm st- I am looking for a new host at this moment in time right now. So, I just want you okay. guys to know that. So you can tweet me at Austin Sumwitz if you want to be part of All Things Elite. Because like I said, it's at this point right now, Like I feel like I'm on a lonely island right now with a bunch of nutcases. Both Matt Stafford and Eminem had to leave Detroit to get to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So let's get to, let's get to what I was talking about. MJF 
excellently provides a choke, and it was an amazing choke, and he chokes out CM Punk. Apparently, some tape came off of his wrist at some point, and uh-huh. the referee jumped to the conclusion that CM Punk had gotten. Choked are you out actively? Are you actively <laughs> discrediting Bryce Remsburg? Uh, absolutely, he's terrible because it was circumstantial evidence at best. Because all he saw was tape, and CM Punk had been choked out. He just jumped to the conclusion that CM this Punk is the man who him. booked who he refereed a match with two invisible people, and you're questioning his judgment. Yes, yes, because he's obviously blind. Because he did not see MJF, uh, MJF uh, do anything wrong. CM Punk got choked out. I mean, you know. That's what happened, and he lost. So they restarted the match unjustifiably. No, no, no. Uh, oh no. my god! And then, and then at the end of the match, in, uh, Wardlow came down to support his friend MJF to give him a little breather. And then, oh my god! Straight from the hands of Stone, Ron Garvin, straight from the Big Show. Fucking hell! Uh, MJF lays in a right hand. That brought down the hopes and dreams of the city of Chicago and the whole CM Punk Nation. Everybody in the straight age society decided they were going to have a drink. Because MJF, that right hand, knocked CM Punk right on out. Clean. You couldn't. There was no doubt about it. Clean victory. One, two, three. Oh, my God. It was amazing. It was amazing. The upset held around the world. Brock Lesnar beating Undertaker ain't got shit on MJF beating CM Punk in Chicago. (laughs) Not once. Not once. Once. Once would have been improbable. But it was impossible to be CM Punk twice in 38 minutes and five seconds. That is what MJF did. Everybody else is mid. He is better than the best in the world, and you know it. I know Tony Khan, and I know that he is a a, a smart man. Though um, hiring Doug Peterson, though, like you might want to talk to Shahid about that because I would say that is not a smart choice. But I digress. Hey, hey uh, uh, what does Doug Peterson have that the Detroit Lions does not have? Uh, he had a fluke Super Bowl win. I, I, I don't care. There is no such thing as a fluke Super Bowl win. There is absolutely you, no, that. You can't. You can't win four games in a row on a fluke. You win. You play. The other team's trying. You beat the them. Vikings should have beaten them anyway. It was an absolute fluke. Uh, uh, you, know, you know what shoulda means? It didn't happen. That's that's what it means. That's all shoulda means is that it did. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off right now before I outright smack the shit out of you. But like <laughs> all that all that shoulda means is that it didn't happen. I know Tony. I know Tony Khan is a man of justice, and I know that he is going to make right by CM Punk because. Hell, you paid this man I don't know how much money, and I would expect you not to disrespect him by having him have his first loss come at this kind of debauchery and bullshit. So, Tony Khan, I expect – I know we have Rampage, and of course that's going to be down on Friday, which will be – a great show. I'm sure it'll be great, but I expect on Dynamite coming this next Wednesday, I expect answers. I expect a complete fixing of this broken mess. I so. I don't understand why we would see the match again. A guy already beat a guy twice. 
So why would we need to see the match again? Maybe fight Wardlow? I mean, maybe he wants to go someone lower on the card. Uh, Spears again. Uh, someone on this level. Hey, we can bring Peter, Peter, Pretty Peter Avalon back. Someone on, on Punk's you gotta, level. You got to stop. Someone on Punk's level. But you got to stop. MJ, MJF has shown that he is the superior professional wrestler. 2-0. and oh. Ooh, is that uh, why the only title he's won is the lesser equivalent of the million dollar title? Yeah, but see, he did something that no one else in AEW has done. Twice. Oh, you know what scalps he has? I'll even say it. It hurts me to say this man has CM P- uh, Punk's scalp, Chris Jericho's scalp, and Cody Rhodes. Who else has got that? Murderer's row of wins. Does John Moxley have that? No. Kenny Omega? No. M J F. All right. We'll 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 put a we'll put a stop to the kayfabe right now. I will I will now honestly yes, like I'll come okay. I I will come down from I know I will come down from my CM Punk like Cloud Nine shit because I'm sure you guys like. It's it's probably wearing thin at this point, but honest to God, dude, like like I'm 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 legitimately so happy that this feud is continuing. MJF's heel work has reached like it's still it's no one's doing it like him. No one is doing this type of heel work at this level and getting the reactions that you want. Like like at least in terms of like on like active wrestlers doing this, he is outstanding at doing this i am so excited that like despite the fact like i love that like they built this for full-on almost three months until we got the first match and we're we're not even done yet this is still gonna keep going on i am so excited i cannot wait to see how this storyline progresses um and this this win does massive things for mjf i mean like if punk was talking about like wanting to shine a light on the younger talent and like really help elevate the talent. Like, like no one, like that's the thing. Now no one can take away the fact that MJF beat CM Punk. He cheated, but he beat CM Punk and he ended his undefeated streak in AEW. So dude, this match was out. This match was outstanding. I loved it to death. Um, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know if it's my favorite AEW match. I do absolutely think that it's CM Punk's best match in AEW, though. Uh, and it might be MJF's best match. I don't know. I'd have to go back to some of his classics with like with Cody and some other stuff. Um, but I would say this this is a thousand percent Punk's best match. And like this, this the fact that this was most of the show made me so happy. The fact that they gave it like almost 40 minutes of these two guys just going at it made me so fucking happy and i cannot wait until eventually we get to the point because i know cm punk was doing those 60 minute epics back on the indies i if we can get to the point in AEW where punk is doing 60 minute epics on the like like on like the level with guys like danielson or fucking uh hangman like i will be ecstatic well I will say this, and this is a completely kayfabe off. Uh, of course, the match was um, like, it was a great match. It was, I think, CM Punk showing that he's back. And I, I told uh, I told my guy uh, before this, I feel like I'm not anti-CM Punk. I feel like 
this was CM Punk saying, I am a professional wrestler again, right? And everybody's like, well, well what has he been doing in a few months? Well, it's kind of been this welcome back show. It was like, you know, he was getting obvious wins and all that stuff. It was like, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. The MJF feud has been Punk, the uh, the welcome back tour is over, the, the nostalgia tour is over, it's time for you to be a professional wrestler again. The uh, MJF feud was his feud. It was his introduction back. We've seen amazing mic work building to this match. And then we got a really, really solid, solid match out of him and MJF. And he went over 35 minutes. He shows that his cardio is there. His selling was off the charts. He sold his arm and his leg at the same time. Now, you want to talk about selling. Uh... He wasn't just selling an arm. He just wasn't selling leg when he was trying to like move around. He was selling it in his offense and how he was picking up the wrestler and how when he would try a move that required his leg, it would cause him to limp. His selling was something that, you know, you, you're at the Nightmare Factory and they were like, oh, we want to teach selling. We're, we're going to put on that CM Punk video for you, that CM Punk match from last night. And see how that man really stepped up his game. He really put MJF over, which is what he said he was going to do. He was coming back to put the young guys over. He did. CM Punk was on another level last night. I thought MJF was his perfect foil. I, you know, everyone knows MJF's a great wrestler. Uh, the match went had legs. It went through like a lot of commercial breaks. So. I just I, I want to tip my hat to both men. They put on a really good to great match. I know some people thought it was too long, which I think is fair in this case. Or uh, but I I personally think I just I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was a really good match. I just thought that it was it it was a very much a storytelling match that uh, MJF took advantage of every shortcut. And put CM Punk, it was like his leg was hurt, his arm was hurt. All of that, it took all of that, and he still had to cheat to beat CM Punk. It was a perfectly told story. Uh, it's been my favorite. I'm looking forward to their next match. I'm mostly looking forward to MJF's victory promo next Wednesday on AEW because I think it's going to be a master class in being a shit-eating heel. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna get me so heated, no question about it. Um, and I um, I do understand that people do think that the match went too long. Um, it like I'm I'm sure like the the picture in picture moments where like most of the stuff that they were doing was like either rest holds or like like maybe occasionally he, MJF healing it up a little bit. Like nothing really crazy happened in the picture in picture moments and stuff like that. So I can understand how that could have added a little bit more to the uh, length. But I mean, like I didn't really like I didn't really care. Like again, it 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 really seeing it go that long made me genuinely happy. But anyways, we'll move off of that. We're gonna get into everything now, from including like a quick little recap of last week in AEW since 
of course, now that we've started on this new schedule, we've got a different way of how we're covering things. Um, now, I'm going to get the plug really quickly out of the way because I know we're already pretty far into the episode. So please, guys, continue to download the show on Google Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Spotify and share us around with your friends, family, coworkers. You wish anywhere you listen to us, it means the world. You can leave a rating and a review. You can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle, if you are so inclined. But the easiest way to support us is on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex. Those guys make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network as well. And I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. But we'll really quickly talk about some highlights from the beach break week of AEW Wrestling from Dynamite and Rampage. Um, Of course, the big thing I want to speak about um, is the outstanding TNT Championship ladder match that took place between Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara. And I wanted to give Floyd the opportunity to talk about it, too. I just got to say... That fucking cutter off the top of that ladder is by far the best cutter spot I have ever seen. I didn't think anything could top the outstanding RKO from WrestleMania 31 where Seth Rollins went off of his neck and Randy Orton throws him up in the air and he proceeds to RKO him in midair. I thought nothing could top that. I thought that that's the best cutter in the world. No one's going to top that. But it was so clean. It was so perfect. It was executed with outstanding work um loved it to death um and yeah having sammy win it is outstanding cody's promo that he cut on uh the youtube channel as well please seek that out if you haven't seen it it is very good uh and very eye-opening um the orange cassidy adam cole match was really good too dan houston showing up was outstanding it was a beautiful surprise and he got an amazing ovation um and then in terms of everything else um Slight nod to, I loved Britt Baker just absolutely ripping apart Cleveland. It was just mm, French kiss. Um, but everything else, though, honestly, like there wasn't too much else to talk about necessarily. The tag team title match I thought was really good. Seeing Private Party back in that spot was really nice. Um, but other than that, like there wasn't really too much. Seeing FTR get another win was really good as well. Um, but um, I, other than that, there wasn't really too much else to talk about from Rampage Beach Break. But I will toss it to Floyd, though, to give his thoughts on the Beach Break week just rel- relatively quickly. And then we'll get into the Dynamite results from this Wednesday. I'll make it simple. I only want to talk about one thing. There you go. Go I ahead. I want to talk about the supposed three-star Cody Rhodes. You know, oh, three-star match, three match Cody. He's going to use three-star match Cody. Yeah. Second, about that second five star match in uh, AEW in a ladder match with Sammy Guevara, two of the best spots in ladder match history with the crossroads and then that double uh, jump of cutter and like literally that's gonna go down, you know like people are gonna be showing that cutter and that that crossroads as long as AEW's a thing, it's gonna be like an old human segment. Uh, Sammy Guevara was amazing. Cody Rhodes was just as amazing. Also, and, even still, I will interrupt you real quickly. That swanton that he did off the ladder and it didn't even budge. Yeah. Ow. Yes. That That is great. This is what Cody does for y'all. Why y'all still boo him. And you, you think this is kayfabe. This is not. This is how I feel. You boo this man who does this for you. That irks me. He Sammy Guevara was the TNT title champion, and he had uh, a great match with against Rusev. And I thought, 
or Miro, excuse me. I thought, he, other than that, his TNT title reign was pretty lackluster. So when they dropped the belt to Cody, I was like, man, this could be a great reset for Sammy Guevara. And it was like, but he needs, a, needs something memorable to reset and start this new standard of that title. And he got it in this match. And I thought he stepped up and everything looked so clean. And if you don't think wrestling is cooperative, you're not paying attention. Uh, everything looked clean. Cody was what he was supposed to do. And he put over Sammy Guevara. And Sammy Guevara, you know, he deservingly so. He is a pillar in this company. He's the only other two-time champ in AEW. He is the undisputed TNT championship. So hopefully going forward, he can carry that and he can have a better run than he had before. I, I actually have a complaint because this run is not starting the way I wanted to. Cause I think he should get, I personally think Sammy Guevara should get bigger scalps to put on, you know, his mantle as the TNT champion. But it's like now, now they're doing matches and I'm like, I don't know why they're doing it, but we're going to get into that later as I complain, but uh, my hat's off to Sammy Guevara first. And congratulations, and you're, you're having a pretty good few months uh, with your, your, your new girl and your TNT title matches. You've, you're having a pretty good few months. And, of course, shout out to the American Nightmare, the face of AEW, Cody Rowe. <clears throat> that that I guess I think that'll leave it there but we'll get into the entirety of AEW Dynamite which again was a little bit lesser filled because of the amount of time that was given to CM Punk versus MJF so we'll move right into the start of the show and of course there was a little bit of controversy that we have to address because uh a day before Dynamite they made the announcement that the first TNT uh, the fir- the the first uh they made an announcement that making his debut was going to be against John Moxley. Brian Kendrick was going to be having a match. Uh, uh, and eventually, though, as as uh, a few hours went by and uh, as the show got closer and closer, uh, some videos started resurfacing of Brian Kendrick on a conspiracy sort of show, internet show, where he was saying a lot of pretty uh, – like conspiracy theory, like ridiculous anti-Semitic shit uh, about reptiles and all this kind of stuff uh, and reptilian people and like discrediting the Holocaust and all that kind of stuff. So uh, with those footage uh, resurfacing and all of that, uh, Tony Khan made the announcement that he was pulled from the show and replaced with Wheeler Yuta. And at this point in time, we don't know what the future is for Brian Kendrick and AEW. He was never signed. Um, though my thought is that he'll probably not wrestle in AEW again. Um, and then I guess we'll just see what ends up happening with his career from this point forward. But that was why the match was changed. Because when I when I got off work and I watched it on DVR, I was like, wait, where's Kendrick? And then I go on Twitter and I see all the shit. And I was just like, oh, my God. Why did it have to? Like, what the hell, dude? Like, seriously? Like, seriously? Yeah, I've thought um, about a lot about what I was going to say. And all I'm going to say is TK made the only call. It wasn't the right call. It literally, it, there wasn't. The, it wasn't the only call. It wasn't the right call. It was the only call. There was no other call to make. Anything else no. would have been detrimental to the product, to everything. It's just, you know, the only call was him not wrestling. Yeah, I mean, like literally, Cole Cabana is on the roster and he's Jewish. Like, come on, man. Like, I we mean, can't have be having somebody the, saying the type the of main shit like event that. Of the show. 
the main yeah. winner of the show of that show yeah mjf yeah mjf same thing yeah, he's like the main eventer of the show he was gonna be on i'm trying was. my best not to talk about him from this point forward but you keep shoehorning his fucking name in i'm just saying i'm just saying you talked about i get it people. yes i get it i get it he's the headliner of the show so it's no like- he wasn't he wasn't the headliner the headliner was cm punk and then mjf was just tucked underneath there joe okay okay yeah. I, I, yes. I i accept that but i'm just saying only call that could be made. Yeah, I, we're 100%. not gonna, like he's not a member of the AEW roster, so I don't feel the need to ever talk about it again. We don't need to go further in on this. Honestly, we'll just get into the actual match with Moxley and Wheeler Yuta. Um, this was great too because we got to see Dan Hansen again, and he got a wonderful ovation when he came out with Orange Cassidy and uh, uh, as best friends members and stuff like that. Um, Yuta had a really good match, I felt like. Um, Moxley being able to wrestle this match was a nice little AEW typical, like, two guys that you really respect and you like seeing in the ring uh, just really go at it. Um, Especially when I saw uh, after the DDT on the apron and then Yuta is knocked out, but then Moxley proceeds to uh, have a curse being put on Moxley, which allowed uh, Yuta eventually to regain himself and dive off of the top rope, hitting a cross rope, crossbody onto uh, Moxley. Uh, was an amazing spot. Um, but it was a decent enough match. But the cool thing about it, though, is that, like, the match itself was kind of, like, secondary to what happened after the match, which was Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, jumping in the ring. And, uh, man, dude, like, I was enthralled with this promo. But, like, I was, like, and, like we'll just get into the whole topic of it. He's like, you guys want to see us fight? And he's like, you know what? A long for a long time, I wanted to see us fight too, because like you were different. I wanted to see everything that you had, like back in that other company that we were at. But now, we've seen this completely new John Moxley, and I love it. And these people love it, but deep down inside me, there's always been a part of me that wanted to test you, wanted to see you as AEW World Champion. And he made the statement that he was the best AEW World Champion, and he's like, listen. If I think you had a little bit of support, you'd still be AEW World Champion right now. And that's when he's like, we shouldn't be fighting. We should be fighting together. And he's like, look, everybody here loves AEW. I get it. But there's no reason why some millennial cowboy should be the AEW World Champion. There's no reason why somebody dressed as a dinosaur should be an AEW Tag Team Champion. There's no reason why someone's main contribution to society is creating a vlog and he's the TNT Champion. Those are some freaking hot takes. So he goes, Moxley, we could run this place together. It's like, we could do whatever we wanted. We could take these young guys, Wheeler Yuta, and he's coming out with these jokes like Orange Cassidy and Dan Hawson. What if we mentored him? Or what about Daniel Garcia getting him away from 2.0? What about Lee Moriarty? We take these young guys under our wings, train the future of professional wrestling together, and took over this place. And... He made the great line. Even if they don't like me, they like what I'm talking about right now. I fucking love that line. There's so much depth to just that line in a promo. And I loved how, like, we got this, like, kind of heel, like, like tweener saying something. It's like, they might not like me, but it's like, they can't deny the idea of Moxley and Danielson having a group of young guys that are crazy good workers that are the future of the company and just mentoring them and training them and then, like, running roughshod on AEW. Like, it sounds so fucking genius. And he's like, look, I don't want to put this on. It's a lot on your plate right now. You don't have to answer. You just think about it. And that was it. 
I'm not, I am just intrigued to see where the hell this goes because this is not even what I thought this was going to be. I thought like, all right, we're going to get Danielson versus Moxley. Match is going to be fucking sick. I wonder how the the character dynamic is going to work in this. But no, they're teasing a possible faction or like just like even just a basic tag team. I am heavily intrigued into what this might be. Um, but I'll throw it to Floyd because, again, this is not at all where I thought this was going to go. So you want to talk about an amazing promo. First of all, I love the fact this was Willa U there and uh, Moxley's second match together. They showed an improvement from Willa U. He lasted longer. He looked better. And, you know, they did a good job on commentary of talking about that. So uh, don't give it. Yeah, it was it, that was great. Then this promo. Brian Danielson, you give him bullet points and let him go out and create. I don't believe there's too many people better on the mic. The reason I say this is I once saw they were doing like the WWE documentary and they were talking about it. Well, it wasn't even the WWE documentary. It was an interview. And they uh, they were talking about um, like they wanted something for the website and one of the writers just went up to Brian Danielson and, or, or Daniel Bryan at the time and asked, hey, could you do this, right? Could you make, you know, just cut a promo on this? No, no warning. They just said cut a promo. And apparently he just put the glaze over his face and just cuts one of the greatest promos you'd ever hear. And, and it, you know, some people are just really, really great at this. And that's Brian Danielson. I've heard this story uh, I had heard that story, and he made the eco-warrior thing work. He cut promos that. Uh, yes, moving. Of course he made that work. Now this. So this is a missing match. We were supposed to get uh, Moxley, and, uh, Moxley and Danielson in that uh, title tournament, and we didn't. And it was like, oh, they're going to fight. Oh, they're going to fight. And he took that concept, what everybody expected, uh, he took that uh, what everybody expected and shifted it and cut a brilliant promo that you didn't see where it's coming. And I truly don't know what's going to happen next in this feud. Hopefully, not even if it's even a feud. Hopefully, in my you know, I'm a faction guy. I've talked about it many times. I'm hoping it leads to the faction that he talked about. But if it doesn't, like the low low side of this, the downside, the the side is Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. That's a hell of a downside, right? So he set up a promo that literally put over both things. And he wasn't a chicken shit heel. He said, yeah, I wanted to fight you. But you know what? I thought about it. Ah, We shouldn't fight. We should be friends. And we can guide the new generation of wrestling because I don't like what wrestling looks like currently in AEW. And I loved it. And he did it, and he was shitty, and people still kind of wanted to cheer him. Yeah, and he, again, that that line made it like it, it made all the sense in the world of like why this reaction is happening. Is like, look, the I just the idea of this. Even if you don't like me right now, you can't deny that the idea of us running roughshod with a bunch of young guys from AEW just sounds so good. It just, it just seems like just. An idea that we wouldn't have thought would come out of this, but I mean, I'm excited to see where this goes. This is incredibly intriguing, and it's it's a it's a change in direction in a story that I am 
heavily interested to see what happens with. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, shouts out to AEW for like keeping me on my toes with something like that because I literally just thought like, oh yeah, they'll they'll fight. It'll be a great match, and I'm super excited for it. But like, you know, there's nothing really like anything that was like, oh my god, like cr- like I can't believe this is happening. It's like more so like this is gonna be really fucking good. But now it's like I just can't wait to see where this turns into. Yeah, but, and he did the the heel stalking thing. Like obviously he wants to fight. Yeah, him. and they, you know, they took it. Uh, they did. Uh, they took you. You know, they pivoted, and you're like, oh, cool. Let's let's try this. Yeah. So moving into uh, the next uh, segment, though, this one was divisive and i know floyd's got stuff to speak on it but i'll run through everything so we had uh the chief brandy officer brandy Rhodes, in the ring not getting a very good response uh and she was speaking kind of seeming a little bit uh sassy as she tends to be she gets interrupted by dan lambert with uh men of the year by his side being like you can pretend that the chief brand officer is a real title, but you can't pretend that you're not being booed out of this ring. Like, I almost feel like a decent human being standing next to you, and I'm a... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Conservative asshole. Like, quite, quite outstanding, the self-awareness in this promo. And then he goes, Brandy's response was, I don't know what you're laughing at, Ethan. Uh, Looking over at Ethan Page, he's like, everyone knows the only reason we hired you was to get to Josh Alexander. Perfect. Ah! Perfect line. Perfect Ah! line. Ah! Look. You didn't have to say it. Like, there's truth to it. You didn't have to say it. Um, she then goes after Dan being like, look, things are going pretty good for you, but they're not as great as they should be because like Dan is, it's a little telling that your best fighter from American top team just got knocked out by Jake Paul Eh. and you should spend maybe a little less time at AEW and more at American top team because your fighters aren't winning shit. And Dan's response was like, wow, look at these. She's got charm. She's got quick wit. Cody's a lucky man. It's like, but don't you think it's about time your whole family goes heel? It's like literally speaking what the audience is wanting. Uh, Brandy proceeds to slap Lambert in the face. And uh, Lambert was like, look, I, I, I thought you might be in a fighting mood. Paige Van Zandt comes out and storms the ring. And then they start going at it, Brandy and Paige. And then they, the women's roster comes out, and they completely separate these two, and eventually they get pulled apart. And uh, yeah, we we might be getting a Paige Van Sant Brandy Rhodes match, which is quite interesting. But like, 
the self-awareness is in this promo of like knowing the reaction that they were going to get and playing with it. Like, look, and Floyd will touch on this more. So people are being like, who are we supposed to cheer in this whole thing? That's the fucking point. They know that you don't like either of these people in the ring and they, they were actively using it and they were acknowledging it. Like that line where he said, it's like, I feel almost like a decent human being standing next to you. Like that line sums it up. Like they know that Brandy is consistently still booed because she's tied with Cody. And also Brandy, to be fair, in her time in AEW, hasn't really like shown herself as like anything other than like being with Cody because the stuff that she's kind of done on her own hasn't gotten over. Like the Nightmare Collective didn't get over. Her as a singles wrestler hasn't gotten really over yet. So like fans aren't taking to her. And that's quite simple. I love Brandy. She's a Detroit girl. I always love Brandy. She's super sweet, and she's been super cool to me every time I've met her and Cody. But she hasn't proven herself in AEW, and the fans have been absolutely noticing of that. And, of course, we lest we forget, everybody's still going in on Cody Rhodes, so that is what it is. Um, though Brandy is a little bit more upfront with it as opposed to Cody, who will dance around it. And yeah, th- this I thought this segment was great, and I thought people who were going after it, I'm like, what? Like, come on, man! Like, I get it might not be your thing. You might not like Dan Lambert, and like, you might not like Brandy, and you don't like seeing these people. In which case, you're not going to like it to begin with. But this was a good segment. I completely agree, uh, and I know that's going to be shocking that you know Floyd. Uh, agrees that this was a good segment. But this has nothing to do with my affinity for Randy. It, it has to do with my affinity for trying something new. Uh, people uh, have had their problems with Brandy and Dan Lambert. And basically, AEW is like, who do you hate more? They put two people out there. First thing Brandy does is, I always have such a good time here in Cleveland. First thing she said. Yeah, first thing she did. It was literally being like, oh, Chicago. I, I, I totally don't care or remember. Yes, exactly. What they're saying is, I want you to hate me. There you go. Shut the F up. Shut the F up. Come on. You, it's, it's so weird that, you know, we get these hardcore wrestling fans that forget what wrestling is. Your job is to go out there and get the reaction that you wanted, right? Brandy wants to be booed. Dan Lambert wants to be booed. What did they do for the entirety of this segment? Boo. They got booed. And shit on this segment. They didn't want to hear Brandy. I hate you. They didn't want to hear Dan Lambert. I hate you too. Who do you hate more? Someone that you don't think deserves the position that they're in or someone that is a conservative AEW person. Which one do you hate more? And they're making you decide. And it's like, who should you cheer for? Cheer for whoever you want. Don't cheer for anyone. Do whatever you want. This is fan. Uh, this is fan reaction and fan um, fan participation at its finest. Do whatever you want. We will make it work. You want to cheer Brandy? Brandy will turn it up. You want to cheer Dan Lambert? Dan Lambert will cheer it up. Uh, Dan Lambert will keep uh, being who he is. 
Dude, the the uh, he said that the, the voice, uh, the Detroit Randy accent isn't fake. It's as fake as those bulldogs coming out of your chest. Oh, that my line was ridiculous. God. Also, so, can can I start a petition to have Brandy wear that white shirt every week? Like like uh, like pull a Brian Danielson, just wear that white shirt every week. Yes, for no other reason. So then, uh, then. You, you saw me in my wrestling groups, and they're killing it. I'm like, this was a perfect segment. And what I try to explain to my wrestling group, and sometimes when in, in black and white text, you can't hear it. But as I was trying to so eloquently put, which I wasn't able to, is that there are the wrestling fans in the squared circle. I don't like the term IWC because everybody has the internet. You know what I mean? So they are in the squared circle. They are in the wrestling circle. They are the hardcore fans that tweet about wrestling, that complain about wrestling, that like, what's next, what's next, this. And then there's another set of fans. And I and my friend Jason, I bring him up often, is in those set of fans. The dude that just watches wrestling like a TV show, rarely ever tweets about it, rarely ever comments about it. It's just what he watches on Wednesday nights every week, right? My friend Jason, who grew up at the same time as me in the Attitude Era, loved this segment, right? Showed my wife this segment. Loved this segment. They're not hardcore wrestling fans. They're the outside of it. They are, this is what, what they were doing is what wrestling is. If you ever saw the South Park episode about professional wrestling, where yep. they actually never professionally wrestled, it was all about, you're having my baby, blah, blah, blah. That, to a lot of people, what professional wrestling is. There are people that turn it on wrestling and don't give a shit about a five-star match. You know, they want to see the drama and the soap operas. There is a reason Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or actually put in whatever city is there, is number one or two in on cable every week. People like the train wreck. People like drama. To those people. And I'm not talking about the hardcore wrestling fans. I'm not. To those people, this is wrestling. This mm-hmm. is what they love. This is what they tuned in to see. And since the beginning of AEW, uh, Tony Khan and Cody and all have had one, you know, one company line. AEW Dynamite is going to be a smorgasbord. Not everything is going to be for you, but hopefully you like more than you don't like. And for the people that hated this, this segment wasn't for you. It was for the people you don't hear from that just tuning into wrestling to see some people go at it and throw barbs at each other. No, I, mean, I, I imagine the people that liked it didn't even know who Josh Alexander is, but the concept that we only signed you to get to someone else. Hey, you don't need to know exactly who Josh Alexander is, but you know it hurt. Yep. And Ethan Page did a great job of selling it. This segment was exactly what it was supposed to be, perfectly executed. It was like if there was like a five-star promo segment, this was a five-star promo segment. Both people knew what they were doing. They understood the assignment, and they knocked it out of the park. That's really all that we have to say on that. I mean, like that's that's it. But moving into the next segment, though, in the next match, we had a tag team match between the Knights of the Black Throne or the Kings of the Black Throne, Brody King and Malachi Black, taking on Death Triangle, 
Pack the Bastard and Penta El Zero Metal. I and like Pac- Knights of the Black Throne better. I know you messed, you said that and it was wrong, but I actually, <laughs> like the way it flows, it flows better than Kings of the Black Throne. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like I, if that's what the new like again if the website is a hundred percent right and that's the name they're going with instead of the Kings of the Black Throne, uh, I think that makes sense honestly because having Brody King have King in his team's name, it's like, eh, you didn't need to throw that in honestly. But uh, anyways, like I said, Pack comes out, he's blindfolded because he's still uh, dealing with the Black Mist uh, and how that turned out, but eventually. Uh, He's dodging moves. He's being able to still know what's going on despite the blindfold. And it turns out he removes the blindfold. It seems like, look, he wasn't blind. He's still fine. He's fine. So these guys end up going out, having an outstanding spot match and just really working each other and hitting each other with brutal moves uh, until eventually, as the match is going on, Penta is trying to uh, go and... uh, well, first he tries to go for the top rope. He tries to go off the top rope to hit it. He gets knocked down uh, by Brody King. And then Aleister Black ends up blinding Penta with the Black Mist. And that's when Brody and Black end up finishing off Penta with Dante's Inferno. They get yet another win over two very talented wrestlers. And the Knights of the Black Throne are consistently kicking ass still in AEW. This was a damn good match, honestly. Like In terms of the matches that we got on this show... This would be ranked up up there with the second best match, I would say. I would have liked. I mean, it's told the story it was supposed to tell in the time it was supposed to tell. I, I just lo- love all four of these guys as wrestlers, so I would have liked five more minutes on the match. Sure, or, yeah. Yeah, but the match told the story it was supposed to tell. Uh, uh, Knights of the Black Throne are hot and they are looking to destruct, uh, destroy. And I honestly think this is the best use of Malachi Black since he got here. He's in a team. He They're winning matches. Malachi's on TV every week. That's what I like to see. Yeah, no, they're doing really well. We then had a backstage segment with Adam Colbebe talking about how, like, hey, despite that fluke that happened with Orange Cassidy, I'm still undefeated in AEW, and my record reflects that. Uh, I still don't get the respect that I deserve in AEW, and you're going to see a new side of Adam Cole because on Rampage in two nights, I'm going to fight Evil Uno, and after I beat him, the entire world will know what I want. And my mind is going towards the AEW World Championship since if you're going after the Dark Order, you're making a statement that you want to get at Hangman Adam Page. Um, And you know what? When Adam Cole ends up going after the AEW World title and he has an outstanding fucking match with Hangman Adam Page... Maybe people can shut the fuck up about the whole Adam Cole is buried, Adam Cole isn't over, oh my god, he's been ruined since he left NXT. Shut the fuck up! Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you cannot tell me that after having a very different match to anything that he's had in NXT with that match against Orange Cassidy, that lights out match, you cannot tell me that despite the fact that that match was not what you usually get, that it's not still good and to think that you're not going to get those levels of crazy near fall matches that you got at takeovers that you're not going to get that from adam cole and AEW. you're out of your mind if you're even thinking that's the case you're just trying to jump to a conclusion that somebody's ruined because you're upset when people say it about AEW when you when people say it about wwe people and look everybody in wrestling will jump on like any character saying that, oh, they're ruined already after one or two segments or something like that. 
Many people are guilty of it. I've been guilty of it in the past, and we'll do it with AEW people or WWE people. People will jump on the You're Ruined campaign on a wrestler way too fucking quickly, and they're doing it with Adam Cole because, of course, Adam Cole made mega moves in NXT. But you're out of your mind if you think that this is the case with him. You all are going to get proven wrong when Adam Cole comes out here and throws out money matches with people. And like if my theory says and that he's trying to go for the AEW world title and he wants a match against Hangman, you're going to be proven wrong yet again. So please stop with this Adam Cole nonsense. I got an alternative. I got an alternative. Go this for it. Cra- I, I think Sammy needs a big TNT match. Yeah, you know what? Fair. Adam what Cole versus just, that? I think, dude, dude. That's a pay-per-view, pay-to-see match right there. Absolutely. I mean, Adam Cole versus Hangman, perfect. It would be an amazing match. And but even God, building, toward, building towards it, you could have a mixed tag team match between Sammy and freaking Ty and Britain. Like, Britain. Though I don't want the whole, like, like keeping... Though I, I did just get my Adam, my uh, DMD Bebe shirt. I don't want them to be tied together, though I do like seeing them team together. Though I think if we go down the road, we should absolutely get a match between uh, Sammy and Ty versus uh, DMD, Dr. Brick Baker, DMD, and Adam Cole. I think that would be great. I just, down the road, though, I would say. I just think it's such a would be such a idea because they have said uh, they have said that the. A TNT title is not a mid card title for how long? It's not long? a secondary title, yeah. Yeah, but when Cody's Sammy, li- Cody literally, Cody literally said it last week in that YouTube promo. Yes, but when Sammy has it, it feels like a secondary title. When he faces like just the Forbidden like, Door, people. yes, yeah. it was the Forbidden Door people who he's facing this week, which we'll talk about. It feels like a secondary title. Cody was facing like bigger names, and it was like it mattered and. It's just like, you know, Cody versus Darby, and then Darby versus Miro, and then Sammy versus Miro. It's like, where's Sammy's Darby? Where's Sammy's this person? I think Adam Cole would be a good fit there. I Like I said, a lot of people think it's going Cole versus Paige. That's probably where it's going. But, man, I think Paige versus Guevara, I mean, uh, Cole versus Guevara, that would add so much more to that title. No, I I do think that's 100% a case. Um, I would also say that like if you want somebody to try to go for that title as well, um, I think a really good pick as well. Um, ooh, I'm trying to I'm trying to say um, uh, I'm blanking right now, but like I I know there's 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 even more heel people that you could have go at uh, Sammy to get that title a little bit more, like him getting better. Uh, getting much better uh people to face but yeah i I don't like to say that about sammy because i love sammy but yeah no like when you haven't faced forbidden door people that are just like brought in for those types of things like the first like big like debut that we had like for example the first debuting person that we had face cody for the tnc title was fucking eddie kingston like there's a bit of a difference there and you looking at that Thing, how many people like were signed and came? Sure, back. like I mean, dude, they had Kenta come out. Yes, and it was like it was, uh, you know, you got Eddie, you got Ricky Starks, all from that open challenge, and it's just like he got big names, and it was just like Sammy needs some big names. Sammy needs to knock off some people that matter that 
you can put on a marquee that actually matter and have great matches while he's doing it to really push along the fact that this is not a secondary title. Like if we could get Keith Lee, I would go fucking nuts. I would go, like if you want to talk about a forbidden door person that I would go nuts for to actually beat Sammy. Keith Lee would absolutely be one of those. Oh, oh, uh, dude, I, I, I'm telling you right now, I would go freaking nuts. I love Keith Lee. He's such a talented, he's such a talented person just in general, but such a talented wrestler. And you, you want to make a big statement, Keith Lee coming in and winning the title. But I think, I do think Sammy needs a nice long title run here. Yeah, he does. And he just needs to beat convincing opponents. And like, it's not that people that he's facing aren't convincing. He's just not beating people that are like, like established heavily established and like yeah they're like, not exciting that, when you see their name like oh you're wrestling this person next week you just kind of shrug your shoulders <laughs> you know it's like we need some names that pop and mm-hmm. the roster is so deep it's not going to be hard to give him names that pop yeah no question but we move on though on the card for this show we had uh, a tbs tournament title rematch Nyla Rose facing off against Ruby Soho. Shout out to uh, Lars Fer- Fer- Fredrickson of uh, Rancid being there. Yes. Yeah, so um, so uh, <clears throat> talk about uh, not knowing anything. I was like, oh, that Ruby Soho, her dad came? Oh, my God. Swear. Swear. That was not to pop anybody. I swear. I thought that was like her dad. I was like, dude, I, I, I was introduced to Rancid, and I was introduced to Lars fucking watching the Best in the World documentary from CM Punk, the old Lars, DVD. Lars Fredrickson could have been in this room, and I wouldn't have known he was famous. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have known. I was like, oh, it's just some bald tattooed guy. Cool. That's nice. Anyways. <laughs> This match uh, was pretty solid, honestly, but I will say this was a damn good win for Nyla Rose because just jumping off to the finish of the sh- match right now, Nyla beat up, up beat up Ruby pretty damn good um, and got a really convincing win. Like, And I, I do think Nyla with uh, Vicky Guerrero is a hell of a pairing, and we really haven't gotten to see a ton of that success of that pairing uh, on Dynamite or on like any of the non-dark shows. Um, so having her beat Ruby Soho wasn't expecting it, but goddamn if it wasn't a damn uh, like big moment for Nyla. Um, I think Ruby will be fine. Honestly, they really like seem to have like plans for Ruby. I think even further down the road of this. Um, but having Nyla get a big win like this, I think elevates her stock exceptionally because like even though she's a former. AW Women's Champion, like she really had lost a lot of luster. Um, but having her beat Ruby, I do think helps that a lot. And I, I, I don't think Ruby's ruined or anything like that. She's going to be completely fine. Um, but like, I think like this, this helps Nyla out around a lot. The match with itself was pretty good, um, but it does, I think, giving her a, a, a win against somebody like like Ruby, I think, is a you know, set it, very good. A lot of people miss the end. Uh, where Ruby missed the kick or like missed the kick, the finisher kick, and then Nyla hits her finisher. Yes, it was on purpose. Yeah, she no, that was the whole it. that was the whole purpose. Yes. Ruby was going for the same ending that she did last time, messed up, then Nyla took advantage of it, and that was one of the better looking beast bombs I've seen. So yeah, yeah it was good. 
But we'll move quickly on that. We had the Gun Club backstage, uh, and they confronted Jungle Boy about like trying to get the tag team titles. They then jumped him, and then that's when they threw him outside into the snow. It is so cold in Chicago, dude. Why would you even fucking try to do that? That's just vicious. Christian Cage and Dr- uh, uh, Luchasaurus then come out to chase him off, uh, and that's it. So we're still leading into uh, Gun Club getting a shot at the AEW tag team titles. But then... We'll move quickly on to AEW World Champion Adam Page in the ring talking about his Texas death match that is taking place ne- next week on Dynamite uh, for the AEW World title. Uh, he talked about, like, look, I've been AEW World Champion for 81 days, and I've only been able to defend the title twice, and I've been begging and pleading for a challenger, and, like, three weeks later, I've been still waiting. Lance wants uh, a Texas death match, and to be quite honest with you, I don't give a shit. I need it now, so just Lance, get out here and just give the match. Lambert, uh, Roberts, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Lance Archer then come out, and uh, pretty much, like, I feel like only one of them should have came out, because I get that Dan Lambert has started doing stuff with uh, with Lance Archer and uh, Jake, but I really think it should have just been Jake and Lance. It makes it way simpler because having two managers come out, like honestly, made it a little bit too crowded in my opinion. Uh, and especially because like people were chanting over top of uh, Jake Roberts, so you didn't really get a ton of great stuff out of him. But eventually, then uh, Murderhawk Monster comes out, immediately charges out uh, towards uh, Adam Page, but then Hang- Hangman dies over the top rope. On to Lance Archer. They start going after each other until uh, eventually Lance Archer is going to throw Adam into the steel steps, slams him through the black table, the table with the blackout, uh, the timekeeper's table. So the AEW World title match next week will be the Texas death match. Uh, not a ton of heat going into this uh, match, though the match itself being a Texas death match, I think is going to be very exciting. Um, but no, nah, this segment was just kind of eh, honestly, for me. Yeah, um, it was too many people. Yeah, I was gonna say it. It needed it needed to have at least one. If if Lambert wanted to be out there, fine. If Jake wanted to be out there, fine. You had to pick one. There didn't need to be two managers out there. Nobody needs two managers. Um, and a guy like Lance Archer, who already like the whole idea is that a manager can't control him. He'll just run out there and fucking kick the shit out of whoever he wants to. Having two managers out there, I like it. Just you don't need that. Like you just don't need that. It would have been fine if it was just Jake. Jake's great on the mic as it is, and we already saw Dan Lambert earlier in the night. Him a second time really. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be a thing. It didn't need to be a thing. But I am excited for the Texas Death Match. I think it'll be a great match, and having Hangman have a like gimmicky match against somebody like Lance, I think will be great. And it'll be a great defense because now there's at least a little bit more stakes in the match. Uh, even though I'm pretty sure people don't think Lance is going to win the match, but regardless, the last thing on this show was Chris Jericho talking about Santana and Ortiz and how they didn't tag him in, in that last match last week, uh, where they faced off against 2.0 and all of them. Uh, and, uh, he was like, look, you were disrespectful and it was unacceptable. So because, you started your bit in the business with Eddie Kingston. And it's like, it doesn't matter. We started AEW together. So I'm demanding a full inner circle team meeting next week in the ring on dynamite and attendance is mandatory. So we're going to get a inner circle meeting with all the members completely mandatory next week. And Jericho has got some things he wants to say to the members. I, um, I, I would really like no one to show up. 
That would actually be genuinely crazy if no one showed up. It would be a really because cool moment. You said mandatory. Like I'm not your kid. We're in a group. Right. We're in a group. Like <laughs> we're not. We're not in a cult. Like, yes. I don't have to show up if yeah. I don't want to. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and uh, decline your invitation, sir. But yeah, no. I think I like just Jericho standing out there with nobody responding would be like a hell of an image too. Yes. Yes. So. No, but uh, we will see what's going on. I'm looking forward to it. They've done things like this in the past with the Inner Circle, and they never, you know, they generally deliver. So I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. But that, because we already talked about the insane main event between CM Punk and MJF, we opened the show with it. That was AEW Dynamite from this Wednesday this week. And now, since we already kind of ran through our like the things we wanted to quickly go through with AEW Dynamite and Rampage for Beach Break last week, we'll do our preview for this upcoming Rampage taking place this Friday. We're going to get the match up. Yeah, I was going to say, this is going to be a spoiler-free preview. I know yes. the matches have happened, but yes, I don't... we know it was pre-recorded. We're not going to spoil it because it I, airs on Friday. And maybe, let me let you know, I don't know the result. I Neither go, do I. I go out of my way to avoid what happened already so yeah 100 percent. so we'll we, like i said we are avoiding spoilers so we're just going to run through it if you already know the results of it that's fine this part isn't for you it's whatever's um so we have adam cole taking on evil uno we're gonna get a match between mercedes martinez and thunder rosa fuck yes uh ricky starks taking on G- Jay lethal for the f for the for the uh ftw championship and then Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Cassidy for the TNT Championship. Yes, and that's what I have a problem with. Yep. It's so not, the- he's not even a singles guy. It's a tag team guy. Yep. You want to talk about what what breeds mid-card title? Like Jay Lethal, who's going for the fake FCW or FTW champion. I accidentally put FCW. FCW. But, but FTW title is a better challenger than Isaiah Cassidy going for your not a mid card title. Yeah, I mean like again, like I don't understand like you could have literally just, I it, and again they seemed like it was teasing the idea that Matt Hardy was going to go for it and then he just didn't. They just yes. threw in Isaiah Cassidy. Yeah, it's such a that's such a like I have no no disrespect to Isaiah Cassidy. They're going to probably put on a really good match. Isaiah Cassidy is an amazing performer, but he's a tag team guy. That like never win singles matches. I know it's an open challenge. I do, but come on, you can do better than this. You know. Yeah. It's, again, it's, like it's got it's got to be improving in terms of the people that you're having us face. Yeah. Uh, I just don't want anybody to think I'm burying Isaiah Cassidy. Yeah. I think the man's amazing. I think Isaiah Cassidy and uh, if you're going like a pillars of the future tag team division. Private parties right there in the pillar. Right, yeah. yeah no, we've so been singing the praises of private party yeah, since yeah. the start of AEW. But he's a tag team wrestler that has not been in position, does not get singles wins, even on Dark. You know, I watch Dark. He doesn't even get singles wins on Dark. So it's like, why? You mean, it like, and you got Evil Uno versus Adam Cole. Okay, you're getting trying to get Adam Cole back on the winning thing. So you just kind of throw someone on there. That's a perfect person for that position but you're giving a tnt title shot to i don't know a guy that i don't even know has ever had a singles win on dynamite or any of the tv shows so it's just like god that makes it feel mid yeah i mean that's that's kind of it dude because again like I, you go through and like i'll, I'll literally pull up isaiah cassidy's win loss records as a win loss record as a singles wrestler um i have it right here and uh he's literally 
got a record of here we go. Isaiah Cassidy, his singles record uh, is he doesn't even have a singles wrestler's ma- wrestling match like on the record. They 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 don't show it, but like he he it's it's like we have people on the roster that would be a genuine like good title shot. Like I I know that we've got Eddie doing the stuff with all of uh, the whole shit going with the inner circle, and then I. Uh, that that whole thing, Kirsten, like I get Christian doesn't like belts. Yeah, I why Christian doesn't want to go after the TNT title. I mean, don't, yeah. wanna... <laughs> I'm just like he doesn't like titles. <laughs> it's like you have wrestlers that could fill this position. Frankie Kazarian, even he's at least you know somewhat of a singles person. You know what would be a really you know what would be honestly like something I would really appreciate. Like remember how like we always talked about how like the one of the worst. Uh, feuds in AEW was Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. Imagine how quickly you can reinvigorate a reinvigorate Anthony Agogo back into AEW if you put the TNT title on him. Yes, or just have him have the challenge, and you know, like he comes out in the ring, he comes out the night, week before and says, "I challenge you, Sammy Guevara," and then punches him in the stomach, and then right. Sammy Guevara is selling the ribs the next time, and they have a match. It's just like give us someone that. In a perfect world, we think could beat Sammy Guevara. No yeah. one thinks Isaiah Cassidy's winning this match. No, again, and, and this isn't to say that like Sammy's a bad TNT champion because he's not. He's just not. He's not facing people that have like reasonable doubt of like, oh, yes. people are going no. like this person could beat him. No, his his TNT title reign has been poorly booked. I don't say that very often because you know how I feel about TK. You know, I don't, you know, I love me some TK and I love me some Cody, but it's been poorly booked. Give him yeah. somebody that matters. Let him beat up Will Hobbs. Let him, sure. let, him, let him get a pin over Will Hobbs. Let him beat Wardlow or, you know, Matt Sean, Hardy. Sean Spears. He's at least a singles wrestler. Yeah. Hey. And like, hey, we're still waiting on the return of Kip Sabian. We see him all the time doing all this stuff behind the freaking camera with the box over his head. But like, are we going to see Kip Sabian start going after stuff again? Yeah. So. I no. don't know. Like I said, I, I it, it, it's going to bug me because Sammy's a pillar. He is. Look, look at what they do with the other pillars. Darby's in a feud with what's at the beginning of a feud with Andrade, right? Yeah. MJF's feuding with CM Punk. Jungle Boy's a tag team champion. See, Sammy Guevara has the TNT title. And Brandy but- Rhodes is still AEW Women's Champion. <laughs> what? What? Brandy Rhodes, who's the pillar that MJF isn't. Yes. <laughs> No, you know, <laughs> no, we're not said, laughing about you this said, situation. You it's said true. the wrong. No, I was laughing because you said the wrong name. You said Brandy no, I didn't. Ro- you said Brandy Rhodes, not Britt Baker. Oh, did I say Brandy? Fuck. Yes, <laughs> that's Fuck what it. I laughed at. I'm sir. pissed. I'm tired. I want CM Punk to have justice. <laughs> Fucking just finish the goddamn show. I didn't no. even want to do it tonight. That's 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 what I was laughing at. Is that you kept saying you said Brandy Rhodes twice, and it was like. Nope, I don't think that's the first. What what the what the fuck ever? Finish the goddamn show. <laughs> no, but uh, like I said, they need to do better by Sammy. Again, I'm going to tell you, if I don't like something, I'll shoot straight. 
They need to do better by Sammy. Sammy, you bring, when Miro comes back, maybe Miro comes back and he's looking for the TNT title. Again, I, have, I don't know the results of the show. I might be talking... I might be talking shit, and they built up the best TNT title match for next week, and I'll have to come back next Thursday and eat crow. But do better by Sammy. Yeah. Well, anyways, we only have one match that's up uh, now that's been announced for next week's Dynamite, which is the Hangman Adam Page uh, versus Lance Archer Texas Death Match for the AW World Title. Uh, I'm excited for it, though the feud doesn't have much going for it. But I am excited to see Hangman have another title defense in it, a Death Match, a Texas Death Match. I think will be incredibly good, and I'm excited to see how it goes. But we only have a few quick headlines and news to get into real quick, so I will throw it right off to Floyd so he can finish this up. Yes, I want to uh, uh, AEW tickets to go on sale for the uh, Gannis Arena in Boston, Massachusetts. They return to Boston on April 6th. Still no Detroit. Detroit Brandy doesn't get a show, show in Detroit yet. Uh, I accidentally call you Britt Baker and you still won't give me a Detroit show, dude. Like, come on. AEW uh, Heart Shirt. Uh, they American uh, Heart Association. They put out a shirt. It's AEW. They got a big heart on it. $2 from every shirt is going to go to the American Heart Association. Um, make sure you go to shop AEW.com and buy that shirt. And, you know, I don't get a lot of times I don't brag on my friends very often because uh, but I get I get to brag on a friend. So first, I want to shout out the whole social suplex. Uh, just make sure you're listening to uh, keeping it strong style uh, with Jeremy Donovan, who he, he gives some of the best takes in wrestling. Uh, the encyclopedia knowledge, uh, young boy, Josh Smith. And then uh, make sure you listen to One Nation Radio. Well, if you ever want to know anything about Joshi Wrestling, uh, you have uh, James Boyd. But the person I'm bragging on today is also part of the Social Suplex. His name is Rich Lotta. So there, um, there is a, for Black History Month, AEW is putting out uh, a rap album. And it is going to be, uh, it's going to be basically... Songs dedicated to uh, the African-American members on the roster that tell their story done by uh, people in the genre of wrestle rap. Uh, one of those people in the genre is friend of the show who's been on the show before, uh, Mr. Rich Lotta. And then Let's the, go. Uh, yes. And in the early, if you watched and listened to any of the early shows, Early on, we had uh, Mr. Montezzi, a rapper on the show, talking about his rap song he did for Cody. So uh, definitely uh, this show and its social suplex is represented very well. Uh, There's a song called Knockout, and it's uh, produced by Rich Lotta, has Montezzi, Anthony King, and Righteous Reg. It's for Jade Cargill. Then uh, there is a song called Legend. Uh, Rich Lotta, Montezzi, and Wrestle and Flow, and that's from Mark Henry. Mark Henry actually, uh, you know, a big fan of it, said it'll be his theme if he ever comes back to wrestling. So that is two of the songs on there. He's actually on three songs. Uh, let me see what the third song was. Uh, no, <laughs> no, that's. I, I didn't want to say that one on the show, but one, one really popped me. Uh, I don't know if you're looking at the track list. No, but, I don't uh, have it up. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, one song's called Pound That Ass. Uh, 
no, I'm just playing. Uh, but now I was like, is that the private party song? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it uh, goes to the Bootsy Collins uh, Foundation. Uh, and I'm looking for the third song. I know there's a third song because he told me about the third song. Uh, let's see. Oh, the Nyla Rose, Shine, the Nyla Rose. It's Rich Lotta, Montezzi, John Carter, and Blizz. So, again, Rich, I've, I've always thought was talented. I always tell him he's my second favorite rapper. I, I like to tell people that is a shoot. I, I listen to his music on my trips and all that stuff. I think he's just a really talented person. So, make sure you go to Shop AEW and you, you go to Shop AEW and you buy the album. Uh, you buy the album uh, to support all these tremendous artists, support AEW to get to know some of your uh, favorite wrestlers through their stories in song. I am just excited that this is coming out. Uh, you can pre-order it today. I think they're going to start shipping out February 18th, and you actually get a hard copy. The first 300, get a poster to come with it. I will be having Mr. Lada sign my poster, and yeah, it's going to be a good time, so I definitely want everybody to check that out, and that, that, sir, is all I have. All right, sweet. So, that will do it for this episode of All Things Elite. My salty ass is now going to get ready for sleep and wait for, probably just wait for Dynamite next week when things start coming back into place and CM Punk is given his, 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 what he deserves. He just deserves, which is a rematch and uh, repercussions. Also, if we could just get a way to get the match stricken from the record because of bullshit, that would be great because he should still be undefeated. But regardless... Anyways, please continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, a share it with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish would mean the world to us. You leave a rating or re- leave a review. You can leave a donation through Red Circle. We are at AT Elite Potter Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please give them a follow and check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter, and I will go ahead and let him take home this, take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Well, all I will say is happy. Well, I don't know if you say happy, but hey, celebrate Black History Month. I'm very happy. Uh, it's uh, February. You, uh, you, we get to 28 days to celebrate all things black. So generally, uh, when these come out, there's a lot of charities out there and that uh, you can support. I say take your time to support whatever charities you can if you have the financial means to do so. They generally all they all go to a good cause. And last but not least, make sure you get vaccinated. Uh, make sure you make sure you get vaccinated. Uh, make sure you are social distancing, wearing a mask. As much as it might not seem like it anymore, we are still very much in a pandemic, and I want you all to be safe. And I leave you with, I, I always leave you, whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.